0: everyone, we are glad you are here listening to Movies in 4K. This is episode 95 and I am Bill Shetty. And I am Lady Phenom. And that co-host there is going to shed some light on this movie with a little teaser.
1: Yes, I am. I have some really cool information here for you. This film had 3,000 setups, 13 helicopters six pregnancies of course all different women five hiatuses four weeks of aerial photography three continents two winters and one broken ankle
0: so what we sound (laughs) like we have is a big budget action film and let's get this underway From 2018, we are covering, I think, is the sixth installment in the Mission Impossible franchise titled Fallout. Is rated PG-13, runs a whopping two hours and 30 minutes, listed in three genres, action, adventure, thriller.
1: And that's what it is, yeah.
0: Okay, Lady Phantom, who is the director?
1: Christopher McQuarrie. And this guy also directed the previous Mission Impossible. It was uh, Rogue Nation and Jack Reacher, with also with Tom Cruise. But he has written a lot of things. I think one of the things he wrote was actually The Usual Suspects.
0: Oh, so he's one of them writer and directors? Uh-huh. Okay, many stars here, Lady yeah. Phantom. You can rattle them off.
1: Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg. Rebecca Ferguson, Angela Bassett, uh, Michelle Monaghan, Wes Bentley in a small role, and uh, Alec Baldwin, and other people.
0: And Wolf Blitzer from CNN.
1: Yes. (laughs) Well, he
0: is a star. Yeah. Of sorts. (laughs) Okay, Lady Phantom. She did it again to us out there. (laughs) She's starting reviewing the latest In a series. So, what she is going to do before we get into this is describe the whole premise of this series. Whether this is a continuation or what have you, I have no idea. I've never seen any of these. I did see the 50s or 60s TV show when I was five with Peter Graves, which is funny because he was well known at that time. And then when he got on the set and played an airplane, it was like a funny thing. But Go on, Lady Phantom, go on with your long talk, I would expect.
1: (laughs) Well, it's just the premise of these movies is very simple, and they are pretty much all the same. Yes, in this movie, there are a few things that come from previous movies, but it doesn't really matter for this one. The idea here is that there's an organization, the IMF, that has this I don't know, they, it has secret agents who go on missions that are impossible. <laughs> That's why Mission Impossible. And all of them have different abilities. Now, it's a little more, I think, muddled. But in the first Mission Impossible movie, it was very clear who did what. Here, it's not that clear. But still, each of them has different Let's say uh, things to do in this group. You know, there's the the guy that puts on the masks. There's uh, the guy that does the computers. There's a tactical guy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's basically it in all these movies. It's just like in the TV show. Like each each episode, they had a mission to accomplish, and this is no exception, really.
0: Okay. Do you think that's good enough? There was nothing in part five, the, how it ended, to this one? The only one?
1: thing that comes from the from previous movies is that Ethan Hunt's wife was in danger at some point. He captured a guy who is a redhead guy, and he is a very, very, very bad villain. And in this movie, he comes to play a part. But that's really it.
0: Okay, let me just do a little summary here because I knew nothing about this. Like I said, I seen the TV series 40 some odd years ago and I wasn't into it. I was too young and I can say I'm still not into this. This feels like a James Bond type movie to me, which I'm not a fan of. It's just a secret organization that has these monumental tasks to stop the bad guys, I assume, in every one of these things. Mm -hmm. And there's wacky stunt work in these action movies. I would presume they're popcorn movies to a lot of people. There is some in-depth character-driven parts in this. And... The scenarios are very complex. I felt like they tried to do the aha, gotcha in these type movies all the time. Nothing's what you seem. The scenarios that play out, it's not what you're seeing. There's like two or three alternate things happening after the main sequence to show you how smart and witty they are. If you can tell... Yes, I don't like these type of movies at all. This movie was super hard to get through. And you can ask the Phantom. I didn't make any remarks during the movie. I just sat here and watched this thing and just went with it. He did chuckle
1: a second at some point. well simon pegg
0: is in it and if you know i'm in the horror big so he's the Sean of the dead guy and he was in these hot fuzz movies and other things i do like this guy he was the levity pretty much in this movie because you're supposed to take these movies serious they play them serious even though there's some jokes cracked here and there against these impossible is right scenarios and there's these impossible sets and i'm gonna relate it to what i hated in the fast and furious later on is these far out bs things that there's one scene in this towards the end oh my god when he's fighting the bad guy and it just doesn't stop the ridiculous nature of it But, you know, I'm more into reality-based stuff, things that could happen and stuff. And these, you just shut off your mind and, ooh, it's witty, the technology, ooh, they fooled you. So we'll start with that. (laughs) All right, what's this synopsis say?
1: Before the synopsis, I would like just to say, then you might just like the first one. It's actually really good, well, and there's no, walk- done this, no like wacky four things.
0: times on this podcast. We've started at the end. You know I've never well, seen these I wanted movies. Well,
1: I wanted to review
0: the latest one. I mean, that's it. And But we can do them via written. I don't know why you like to talk where you got to go back and explain, and then your explanation... I don't think is ever going to be good enough to get somebody into a series if they (laughs) want to see it.
1: Oh, well. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, along with some familiar allies, race against time after a mission gone wrong.
0: Yeah, and you're going to take the lead here, Lady Phantom, because it opens up with Tom Cruise getting a mission. Actually, there's a dream sequence. I don't even need to talk about it. But... He gets a mission, and then there's this, I guess, classic thing that itself destructs everything. I'm sure this is yes. something that happens in everyone. Yeah, in
1: all the TV shows, there was always a self destructing thing and everything.
0: And they even say it in this that if you're captured, or hunted, or hurt, or something, we take no part of it you're off on your own we will not support you i I could tell by watching this i've never seen any of these that that's a main theme in this yeah they actually make jokes in it to be honest with you henry cavill says a line in there about this but anyway and i thought henry cavill with the mustache was really weak looking but anyway. <laughs> what a bizarre (laughs) look I, i just don't think it suits the guy personally but anyway yeah so they get a mission and describe the mission lady phantom because that's the key what's going on with these nuclear reactors basically
1: it's just that there are three plutonium cores that they have to acquire because there's this uh, scientist that was not really kidnapped, but he's working for a bad guy. And if this bad guy gets his hands on these uh, three plutonium cores, he is going to make nuclear weapons, and they are going to explode, and that's very bad news. So that's what they have to do. They have to get these uh, plutonium cores. So they arrange a meeting, with a guy that can uh, give them the course. But then Ethan Hunt is in a dilemma because either he keeps the course or Luther, w- who is being Reims, gets killed. And he chooses his friend's life. So uh, this there's a shooting moment and everything. The point is that the bad guys take the course and that's that. So... Now they have to get the, the cores back. And if they can't, they have to see that these explosions don't happen.
0: Yes, there's an action scene in this that lasts a good 15 minutes before you even get credits. Then you get credits. Then you get the mission. And then the initial mission to capture these cores is the dilemma that Tom Cruise makes, who is Ethan Hunt, if you don't know which I wouldn't know. So got to describe that. He is the main protagonist. He is all about the good of man, basically. He's a Superman type person, I want to say. No, he's not. Yes, he's very, he's got amazing morals. He's like a never do wrong type of guy. He always makes the right decisions. And that leads to the problem in this movie. He don't want Ving Rhames to get shot. So he doesn't pay attention to these cores and they get away. It's an error in judgment, but he wanted to save his buddy's life. So now he's got to go to this vast scenario and I don't, I'm leaving this totally up to you, Lady Phantom, because I don't know what you can talk about. There's a lot of charades I want to talk about in this. What you see happen, then there's something after, aha, somebody else did something, and then another, aha. So I don't know what you can describe more with the story, but take it away. What you think is pertinent to this movie?
1: Well, yeah, the, the the problem is that we cannot say much because there's a, a big twist and it's not even near the end of the movie. Like a right, lot of things I
0: happen. but I feel that these type movies always do that because Lady Phantom and Let Me Know with all the other ones, there's this guy that creates silicone heads basically to impersonate other people is this a running thing in all the movies
1: yes and actually i mean ethan hunt used to be that guy in the first one i think he was uh, the guy that put on the masks and and stuff so
0: during but then- the movie you never know really unless a certain characters on screen that they could be imitating somebody somebody's imitating somebody this happens many times in this movie
1: well, not many times, but yeah, it does happen a few times. And what I really like about this movie and all the others, but it's like precisely that, that they fool you into you and the person that they are trying to fool in the movie into thinking something is happening, but then it's not happening and they go like aha we got you and I, that i really like that <laughs> I mean, i've mean, liked it in all
0: of them did that happen in the tv show was yeah. there somebody okay Always. that was a staple there yeah all right well here's the problem with that lady phantom is this stuff gets so convoluted because they plan for these imitations but have three other plans in place and it he ciphers watching the movie and when they do it over and over again and even the villains do it they're like trying to be smarter than the other and what you're seeing initially isn't how the scenario ends up at all and they come do this all the time i mean i don't find that interesting when they do it all the time now when it opened with the wolf blitzer scene they captured this one bad guy they need information on where this criminal is who supposedly has these nuclear reactors or whatever it is they set up a fake hospital room and wolf blitzers on cnn talking about there was actually an attack in three different places well it was all a stage and one of the characters was playing wolf blitzer now things i liked was like the effects how it was pulled off but the story it continually does it so i was out of this movie after the second time and then when henry cavill comes into it like there's this it's just too grand to me it's just too far-fetched but anyway the main theme of this movie is they're looking for this one guy and you don't know who it is they keep trying to fool you i'm gonna call it on who is what's the guy's name john lark yeah who is this john lark character and the head of the imf is in there and the head of the cia which is working presumably in joint operations and then there's the alec baldwin character who's their boss who's like giving them missions and information wow I, I i was so out of this movie <laughs> it, it's so complex unnecessarily to me and I, I just feel it's one of them movies where like they want to fool the, the whole point of the movie is to fool you and uh keep you guessing and stuff like that and i don't like these things, things. i just don't i don't like them because they're supposedly real what you're seeing looks very real most of the stunt work in it and then it's just these ridiculous things that happen in this movie and since you're not going in any further in the story i want to talk about this one scene when they're in helicopters and how the helicopters land there's this big hook on it and they're on mountains in between a valley or a gully in mountains and it's just falling and hanging there and what happens in these scenes is just stupid lady fan. like you know how these movies end and they're just so comical to me in the farsity of them i mean they're not in any basis like i, I just don't know why you like movies like this? i don't get the appeal to these type movies
1: well what can i tell you i do i mean what i like about this movie and the mission impossible movies in general is that yes they are farcical to a point you know many things happen that are like whew, super super weird but it doesn't go to the level of a uh, of some of the last Fast and the Furious movies or a 007. No, it it doesn't because in those movies, I mean, I'm sorry, but in those movies, they, yes, of course they do a lot of practical things, but they do a lot of CGI in these movies. The CGI is obviously there, you know, like, or not even CGI, but like this green screens and stuff.
0: There's but a lot are, of it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, but family. they
1: are just a backdrop. Every stunt is real. And you can bet that oh, if really? Tom Cruise... Yes. Oh, if Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise
0: blew up in a helicopter and then came flying he, out into another he helicopter. He was in
1: that helicopter. <laughs> and he flew the helicopter <laughs> and he rode that motorcycle into traffic and he did he did that jump at the beginning of the movie. He did everything, Himself, so that, but I do. <laughs> but you act like. It's but it helps me believe it. Yes, it is out of the norm because uh, normally right. actors okay. don't do that. No,
0: that's yes. Fu- so I don't care who does it. If it looks real, that's all I care about. And it that did look real in most of the scenes. Now you know these scenes didn't. Ha- you know he didn't jump from mountain to mountain, Lady Phantom. Yeah, I, don't I know care that. It was him jumping on pads. I mean that's useless to me the thing you can say is they didn't have to worry about covering up a stuntman but tom cruise is an easy guy to get a stuntman he's a very common looking yeah, short guy but guess
1: what he he doesn't use stuntman and that well maybe ankle, not
0: now he has in his acting career very
1: few times and that broken ankle was actually him when he jumped from building to building okay so i mean so yeah then- the guy deserves praise and yes, I mean, it does matter to me that he's doing the things that it looks like he's doing. And, I mean, that jump that he did from high altitude
0: was a real jump. I didn't hear you complain when Wonder Woman wasn't doing all her stunts.
1: I'm, I, It's not that I complain when when <laughs> actors don't do their stunts. I mean, I understand. It's just that Tom Cruise gives a level of realism to his stuff because you know he's doing it.
0: I enjoy tom cruise i don't think i've ever seen him in a bad movie or something that i thought he wasn't a good actor he's a great actor but he's also very pompous he's also the executive producer and all these and the producer. well that matters to me uh, we discussed this before I, i just think he has a level of arrogance so
1: what the movie is good
0: I'm not saying that. I'm giving the guy credit, but you're going overboard. Oh, he jumped him to himself. So let me grade this higher because he did his own stuff. No, stunts.
1: I'm not I'm not grading it higher because so he you're penalizing
0: other people that don't.
1: It's no, I'm not.
0: He's silly for doing this. he can get as many broken bones. He's going to pay later in life for doing that.
1: Well, so. okay, that's his right. The point is that I mean it does help me believe everything that's happening because in those chases in that helicopter and everything when they show his face or henry cavill's face in the other uh, helicopter you can bet it's them it's not some cgi face superimposed it's them
0: and but, it helps believe it okay i agree with one of your statements but not the other i don't care who's doing the stunt work as long as it looks like it's the person
1: right it doesn't
0: matter now lady phantom these the bike chase scene which is 20 minutes long in this movie okay it's how it was filmed which made it look more impressive they didn't stay on him he didn't have a camera on the bike following him through some pretty bad green screening there i might add in some of them uh, scenes
1: it was not it, uh, it was actually well cars. then
0: the translucency or the overlays of it there was obviously fake scenes there when he's weaving in and out it was a wide angle shot most of the time then they went up on the face then they went way out but there were some scenes in Fast and the Furious in the beginning stages that were done way better than that well, specific I don't know. scene. The only
1: thing I know about that scene is that, of course, it was choreographed. I mean, the, the people in the cars knew where to be and everything, but it
0: was real. Right. And it was sped up and edited. Of and course, all that. it's a movie. Right. All I'm saying, it, it wasn't a flawless scene.
1: No, I'm not saying that either. And I am not... I want to make this clear. I am not penalizing or saying that I don't like when they use stuntmen because it's a good thing. It's just that this guy is an exception, I think, for doing all this. And it does help me believe him. Plus, another thing that I like about his character in these movies is that, like, you know, like, sometimes you have this MacGyver type of guy or double yeah
0: that's another one lady phantom that, I that
1: he always seems like he's in control and not a hair moves and everything this guy you can tell that sometimes he is just making it up as he goes along and he's like i'm working on it and he looks nervous and i mean he has things at stake it's not this guy that oh like he i mean of course you know that at the end he will do what he set out to do but he doesn't act like he is in total control all the time and oh i have all the answers no i mean sometimes he seems really worried and he himself doesn't really know if he's gonna pull it off and i like that a lot
0: well i want to back up to this stunt work because i just thought of a scene that we had talked about many times and did you ever once not think that arnold and t2 was riding the motorcycle we no, got this famous no, no, scene never. Well, where they transposed yes. his head on one scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And <laughs> it
0: sh- showed to some. I never knew that. It's such a brief scene. But anyway, I could care less who's yeah, but, on the bike. But,
1: but I will tell you an example. It's a it's a very dumb example, maybe. Like in The NeverEnding Story, that's, that was one of my favorites, if not my favorite movie when I was growing up. And there's a scene where Atreyu is hanging from a tree. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, the, the nothing, quote unquote, is pulling him. And he's calling for his dragon and blah, 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 blah. And then at the last moment, the dragon comes and takes him away. The second he ta- he gets taken away, you can tell it's a stunned person, in that in that case, a stunned child, because he had like bangs when Atreyu didn't. And I remember, I mean, I knew that because I saw that movie a hundred times, but it, it really harms the moment when you can if tell you it's not it. I him. agree.
0: And we just did a written review on another Lord of the Rings. If you haven't checked out our written reviews, we're starting to pump out a lot of them again. So bookmark bookmarkbilchetti.com and how they do it with the dwarves.
1: The perspective?
0: Yes. And they're using child actors when they go away and it still looks like them. It doesn't matter that it ain't them as long as you buy it. Now, there's famous scenes that everybody now with slow motion and digital creation, you can stop and walk things frame by frame. I'm sure you could pick this out in several movies and there's some big examples of ones where it's known. Mm-hmm. But that, that <laughs> I'm not giving the guy, I'm not rating this movie higher because he did his own stunts. Because the whole point to me is I gotta believe what's happening. And while he did his own stunts, some of these scenarios are so stupid and outlandish and, oh <laughs> who was in there because how it was shot and edited and what's actually transpired could never happen so you can be all in reality based or not but some of these things matter okay other technicals you want to talk about
1: the acting was very good i liked all of it i believed all of them i really liked simon pig Because, yes, while he is the the levity, quote unquote, in the movie, he is never like over the top or cracking jokes. It's more like the things he says and how he says them. But it's not like he's joking, really. It's more like a group of friends working together and, and they are like, can you believe this guy? Like, did he really just say that? Because there's this running thing in the movie where they can all hear each other with like earpieces and everything. So I like that. I, I, I like the kind of levity in this movie. It's very tamped down.
0: Okay, to me, the acting, nobody stands out to me is like did a excellent performance. I just think it just doesn't fit. it's supposed these action scenes are supposed to be able to happen and i mean they're good actors everybody in this is a good actor no actor took me out because i didn't like him or something henry cavill this is only the second or third time i've seen him and he did not impress me in this movie at all because he's got a backstory in this thing so you do learn more about this guy in this movie I only seen him in Superman movies, the remakes, and then another movie we've seen him in. I forget what it was. He was better in that other movie. I can't remember what it was, Lady Phantom. But anyway, yeah, he, he didn't impress me. I really liked
1: movie. his character. I mean, I liked him, you know, and I thought that it was cool that if you paid attention, it's like there are things here and there that, that hint to things that are going to happen and i caught a few of them some of other, some others <laughs> of course i must have <laughs> not caught uh, caught them but it was cool i like okay
0: them. phantom's definitely probably not gonna agree with this statement but this so focuses even with all these characters on tom cruise and to me i felt everybody else in this movie was a side character like everything was about this guy and i just didn't like it ving rames he's barely in it he's working on some things at times that's about it simon Pegg's in it a little bit more because he's the imitator guy so he describes a little bit more angela bassett she's a side character alec baldwin they come in they're in it for like five ten minutes here and there it's all focused on tom cruise and i don't know what the series how it was played but i i just feel it's focused too much on this guy because there's a vast amount of other things that gotta happen in a certain scenario for this stuff to work and it's just always him 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 him. all right what else
1: well i thought the sound was very good in this movie it was really decent and the i like the soundtrack I liked the special effects, the audio effects.
0: I would assume all the soundtrack and scores in these movies are the same or similar. They're very mm. bombastic, loud, action-oriented, and they do work. I agree. I know all
1: of them. They're like, very
0: cinematic, the soundtracks. I mean, cin- They're large. They're yeah, huge. it's the
1: same kind of thing. I mean, of course, the only theme that were, that runs throughout all the movies is the mission impossible theme from the tv show like mean, that's the only one that runs through all of them but they i like how they blend it with other kinds of uh, score you know to to make the movie work and i really like it and there is specifically a scene in one of the in the first jump not in the first jump in the jump where you can hear all this bombastic sound and suddenly it goes silent for a second or almost silent i really like that
0: there was a couple times that went to silence lady phantom and i asked you what was going on it's like a dream sequence we can say but it was very weird and i don't really like how that was portrayed
1: it's it was not a dream sequence it was like more like a sequence yeah like an uh, like an imagining of how something was gonna play out right in which they only play music throughout it but no no sound sound effects effects.
0: or dialogue it was very weird i'd never seen that done and i didn't like it and i don't know if they did it to try to fool you like it's really happening no or it's i just no. A thing in the thing the opposite series.
1: the very opposite because like if there had been special effects or something or sound effects or dialogue you might have thought that it was actually happening but that only playing music and kind of nostalgic music at that yeah it didn't really
0: fit with what was happening yeah
1: i didn't think that the music exactly fit but it does i mean when when at last they show you that it's just a planning you know that it's not really happening and you go like oh oh okay okay that's why like it really doesn't look real so it helps you to see that it's not actually happening which yeah, i like and
0: i would like to compare this with fast and furious and here's the difference both of these are very large action scenes very cinematic dramatic music in both these movies but in this one it's a score And I think 90% of the time it works and it sounds amazing. In Fast and Furious, it's mainly actual music. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. So if you like these type, if you like the actual music, I think you're going to like stuff like that more. But I'm ready, Lady Phantom. I'm sure she's super high. This is a three avoid. The (laughs) story's outrageous. The the credit's given Uh. for the action scenes, how they were pulled off with the camera work and the photography and the editing. That's the positives in this movie. I bought most of the things happening, not the really outlandish scenes through mountains and stuff, but the more moderately paced, like the bike scene I bought, even though there was some things off in that in the running scene i bought because how it was edited and some of these other scenarios that happen in buildings and stuff look great so there's the credit avoid this movie at all costs
1: <laughs> uh well yes i am very high i am a very big fan of of the mission impossible movies and the tv show i always liked those scenarios
0: in which the remake tv show right
1: the 80s TV show, because I I didn't see the, the one that was before that, but I believe it was also Peter Graves in the role of Jim, who was the leader there. I always like these scenarios where they try to fool you and they do it and they have these horrible things that they have to do and they pull it off at the last moment. I always loved all of that. And no one of these movies so far has let me down. I think my favorite remains the first one. Because it's the one that is the closest to the actual TV show. But all of them are fantastic, I think. And they, the, the cast has a very nice chemistry together. It works. The special effects are amazing. The stunt work is incredible. With the people that actually do stunt. <laughs> and, and whether they are the actors or not, I think it's amazing. And i love this movie so to me this is a nine out of ten and it's a must own
0: and i will say about another positive in this you can lump it in with the action but it's the hand-to-hand combat scenes oh in the they begin. are great they are outstanding on john wick level better than john wick level in my opinion like some of them i mean people get pummeled in that It's like nonstop how they shoot it and the cameras warping around them and things like that. Like that guy, the kickboxer or karate guy in the beginning, that dude was amazing.
1: Yeah. And I also, something else that I didn't mention that I like about this movie is that it has a very cool link to the very first one with the the widow character. I really like that.
0: And I will say this i had problems with john wick too with the same thing that i just got to reiterate lady phantom is when people are getting pummeled and kicked hundreds of times and thrown into walls and through glass they just get up after and oh okay i hate that i just don't like it it's not realistic but let's move it on okay i am so curious i am not talking first because this is an interesting disc what say you lady phantom
1: it's a paramount release (laughs) i wish it had been universal i don't understand why but it has grain Uh, because i mean i'm i have to guess that they already filmed this in like digitally so i don't understand really why there's grain it's not very noticeable throughout the movie in some scenes it is heavier than in others but I mean when there are scenes with light and stuff it's pretty much invisible and there are scenes there are moments in the movie where I couldn't find any grain whatsoever but there are some in which you can see it and eesh
0: Okay, I think Lady Phantom was just opposite. I studied this because I wasn't into the movie (laughs) near as much, so I'm looking at every scene. Yes, this was shot on 35 millimeter and digital cameras. And this is gonna be, without a doubt, we've done over 110 movie reviews. This is gonna be the hardest rated disc for me because there is grain when the grain is prevalent is in the bright scenes, mm-hmm. not in the dark scenes. And there is, I'm going to say it, it is jarring how often this goes to the film look and then to digital cameras. It's so apparent. And you're like, Oh, like I must've did this 30 times in this movie. Oh, why? Like, like, They'll be in a scene talking, it's a little dark, there's CIA around and IMF and they're talking and it looks so nice and then they'll flash to somebody else somewhere in this beautiful wide landscape scene or at a night scene with lights glimmering and glistening and uh floodlights and all sorts of stuff in these city scenario, and it looks so gorgeous and then it goes to these other scenes oh my god it's so distracting lady phantom <laughs> this movie <laughs> yeah, was happen. distracting is the perfect word for this
1: yeah it did happen i've i found that the the scenes that were i saw green were mainly not the super dark ones or the super light ones, but sometimes ones in between. There's a scene in a tunnel, which is really cool, that, where they are on a kind of little boat, a raft, or not, not a raft, but a little boat. And there is grain there, very mild. I mean, I, it was never that distracting for me, but I could no, definitely see it not was what there. It was
0: distracting to me. I'm going to put it simply, and you'll understand and everybody else out there understand. Just imagine watching a very filmic looking film, but with mild grain. I mean, it had mild grain. Yes. It was never to the level of these 80 movies being reconverted. (laughs) No. But there was always a mild sheen in the filmic parts when there was dialogue happening, when they're setting up the next stage thing they're gonna do or when they're in a hospital or when they're down talking or when they're setting up props and things like that it was very filmic then they'll cut away and go to this beautiful digitally shot scene (laughs) where the lights are vivid and it's bright and wide color gamuts and full effect but then they'll pan back to this Scene in a boardroom with people, and it goes to this very filmic look again. Now the ending thirty-minute montage is in IMAX, yes. and that looks stellar, just like all the Nolan movies we've covered. Like
1: all oh, the those whites in that snow. I mean the, and also you know what I really liked. I mean besides because yes, these IMAX scenes are pff, something else. That. The black levels in this movie are fantastic. Like, it goes to deep black so many times. Did
0: you notice the black crush, though? Not really. Opening five minutes, there's black crush in it. It happened two times where I picked it up. I personally thought the shadow detail wasn't that good in this disc. Lady
1: oh, woman. Okay. No, what I liked was that it really goes to very deep black, but like there are many scenes, for example, where they are wearing black, like Tom Cruise is wearing black. And, i don't know you can see all the shades of black it's amazing
0: and i'll also criticize not the disc because this ain't the disc fault but there's many times half a dozen lady phantom they're shooting into bright sunlight and a character's right in the middle and you can't see them true it's like a halo
1: true true yes and and that happened quite a few times i do believe it was totally on purpose oh
0: so do i i'm not criticizing the disk i'm just saying i think that was poor
1: i liked some of those scenes but some others not that much it depends on how the the light is hitting or what let colors come out of it but yeah not all those scenes were great but yeah the scene the helicopter scene that you were talking about with that snow oh my god it was yes so and it great. jumps
0: from imax to <laughs> filmic look to digital camera during this and it's like just stay on the imax scene please <laughs> yes. because it looks so good If you don't know out there, when you go to IMAX, it goes to full screen. This one didn't go completely to full, but almost. But the letterboxing in this movie was the very small type. It's like the 185 to 1 aspect ratio. So you got big black bars on your TV in this one. Yeah. So, But it wasn't jarring when it went to IMAX. Like in some of the Nolan films, it's like super apparent. It's like, oh my God, what a... Freaking night and day difference this one seemed a little smoother though lady. yeah and i'm like it like i don't know when you exactly noticed it and it was probably not right when it happened but it's like oh now they're an eye
1: yeah row. yes many times i didn't even see the the i just noticed that it looked fuller and bigger and everything and then it dawned on me oh okay okay you know but it was not that apparent to me the changes between imax and letterboxed.
0: all right the atmos track it was front. good i liked it yeah these are big movies I, I liked sound. it yeah always could use more overhead
1: always like that scene that i was talking about the jump when when he lands on the building that he lands on and then you hear the other one landing on a parachute like you can actually hear the parachute on top of you it's really cool and
0: it was coming from the right side where he was on the screen and a lot of surrounds here i mean these are actions movies if you got a system yeah crank it up it sounds really good
1: Really good bass, really good center channel. I was very pleased with it.
0: Yeah, but that uh, that's almost a given on this type of movie, just like Fast and Furious and these really large seats. Yes, like I, I, most of them don't disappoint because they're very cinematic and yeah, loud I know. and I know, but in w- your face.
1: But how many times do you watch a, a movie that is supposed to have great overheads or great sound and you go like, ah? Well, you know, I, think I mean the
0: problem is, lady. Phantom, that we and it's popular, all these catalog titles for the last year because of the pandemic, and they weren't shot in that, and they're not full and they're not reproducing the music and score, so they lack that punch. But any modern day movie like this, I don't think I've been let down that I can remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: All right, what special features we got?
1: All righty, on the 4K, we have. A commentary by the director and Tom Cruise, and some other additional commentaries. Then we have a disc two with the Blu ray, with the film and special features, which has additional commentaries, the commentary that I already mentioned, and isolated score track. And then there's a third uh, Blu ray disc with only special features, which is the making of Mission Impossible Fallout. Get an inside look at the impossible stunts and breathtaking locations. Deleted scene montage with director commentary, foot chase, musical breakdown, storyboards, and more.
0: How many discs are in that?
1: Three. The the 4K and two Blu-rays.
0: Okay, you get a lot if you're interested in that film. (laughs) 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 I've already said to avoid it. But for the disc, this is tough. And it's funny, the last few we've got, like certain things are like making it tough to decide. But this is mixed baggery all the way. And that being shot on film and getting green and during the light scenes, and then it looking really beautiful, like a modern day movie, but then going back and using this 35 millimeter and not DNRing it enough. And I also found when it was not shot digitally, Lady Phantom, that the detail wasn't near as good on these filmic scenes. Yeah. And they were usually more wider landscape scenes too. When it was in dark, or watching four people or you're listening to four people. But when it's in that, wow, such a difference to me. The IMAX is the huge thing to me. It lasts a good 20 minutes i would say off and on so uh, struggling with grade here but i think (laughs) would be fine on blu-ray but what i'm gonna give it because of the imax and that isn't gonna look nowhere near as good on regular blu-ray as 4k k I'm going to go right down the middle with a C and just call it worthy. If you're interested in this sixth installment.
1: I think it's a B minus to me. I thought it looked beautiful. Even, I I don't know the, the, all the colors that you can see the talking about reflections. There are so many reflections and what we were talking about in the, in the previous episode, where we mentioned like holograms and, you know, electronic stuff not really showing. Here you do get some of that on screens, not holograms, but you do get stuff on screens and it really looks nice. And uh, there are, maybe there are not many things that pop out.
0: No, this but, is another one.
1: But the contrast is really nice, I thought as i said the i'm really i really really liked the black levels so yeah i'm gonna go with a b minus and i'm going to say that it's definitely worthy
0: all right that wraps up episode 95 get that subscription on billsheddy.com for lady phantom i'm Bill Shetty. you've been listening to movies in 4k we'll catch you on the next one